Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Hangtime Podcast. I'm your host, Sekou Smith, here in Atlanta. With a chance to crank up this 2020-21 season with the most iconic basketball figure ever from the city of Atlanta, Dominique Wilkins, the Hall of Famer, joining us here on the podcast to talk Hawks and a little bit of everything about this season. Neek, good to see you as always, brother. Um, first and foremost, how you doing? How's the fam, everybody? Feeling good going into this season? You know, everybody's good. You know, just you know, just finding things to do. Uh, I probably found more things to do in this quarantine than I've ever done in my life. I mean, I'm almost building a new house here by myself. Here, but uh, yeah, it's been good. You know, it's funny because I've I've lost weight. I've just been trying to find again find things to do because this this virus has man, it's no joke, and people better take this stuff serious because um, it's taking you out. This seems like such a strange season to be starting the year with all these protocols and. Um, you know, especially coming off of a, a monstrous offseason for the Hawks, where they were so excited about what they did in free agency, with an opportunity to kind of turn the page from in this rebuild, at least from from one phase of it to the next. Do you look at what they did and and evaluate it, but then have to take a step back because we won't have fans in the building? You won't have a chance for people to see that stuff live. I can't imagine how tough it is for the players. And I really sympathize and feel for him because, you know, you've been, you know, you spent all, all your life performing in front of people. Now you got to try to find some sort of energy to keep yourself going because now not to have those fans out there, man, it's, it's difficult. That's difficult. And it's also difficult for the fans to, to not be there close to their favorite players and, you know, being able to interact. I mean, so it's tough for everybody. This is a strange time that we live in right now. Yeah. I know you guys called the- a, Preseason game. Um, how different is that now? Calling the games in the, in these NBA arenas for you guys, just technically, how how different is it? I tell you what, we called the game from. I had to wear my glasses because I can't see nothing. That's how <laughs> how we are. <laughs> I mean, we calling it right now. The preseason, we calling from the concourse. It may change once the season starts, but it, it's different because there's only probably about ten people up there on the concourse where you're at, and you know you got these these dividers that kind of separates everybody. So, but it, you know, it's, it's just a thing that we all have to adapt to right now to, you know, this thing, get back to some form of normalcy. So we you know you got to, you know, you can't complain. I know it's really no use to complain because it's not going to change anytime soon. You got a chance to see these Hawks, at least those, those guys who were healthy and, 
and uh, in uniform for the preseason. What do you make of this team? Are we right to assume that they're getting ready to take this this grand step in terms of their evolution as a ball club? I think absolutely they have an opportunity to take that next step, you know, playoff type of team. You know, when the problem when you when you sign this many new players and you different acquisitions, the chemistry is the toughest part. Trying to get chemistry, especially in the way things are right now, the chemistry has to come sooner than later because you don't have much time. So you got to try to find um, some sort of rhythm. Guys have to really try to learn each other very quickly. And because I do like the pieces. I mean, I love Bogdanovich and, you know, Gallinari is, is solid pieces to this team. Then you bring defensive players like Snell and Dunn and people like that, that they, they can't do nothing but but help you. But it's the chemistry that's going to really make the difference or tell how quickly they get out of the gates. Because you got to get out of the gates a little quicker than you have in past years. In your estimation, given given your history and, and the different guys you played with over the course, how long does it take to to navigate that that path to the right kind of chemistry for a team? Does it? it I, I know there's no set amount of time, but I mean, roughly, how long does it take to get that? Well, you know, the chemistry have to you know have to be kind of reiterated every day what we're trying to do, and that comes and the coaching staff has to really keep iterating how important it is that we all get on the same page. And I think if you can get guys to buy into what you're trying to do early on, I think the chemistry will come quicker because what these guys do, they work hard in practice. You know, they have some of the best practice they've had in a while just recently. So it's just making sure that, hey, we got one goal in mind here, and that's for us to get to the playoffs. It's not about one individual that we have to work together if we're going to get to that point because the East now has gotten better. You know, with some of the acquisitions coming over from – the West coming over to the East, it makes it, it makes it a lot more interesting, but I've always believed you don't worry about anybody else. You worry about yourself, how you're going to act, how you're going to have that control of your team where, you know, you, you're playing the type of basketball that the coaching staff want. And you got to be willing as individuals to, to really, really pay attention and listen to what the staff is trying to tell you. And I think we have the makeup of a, a team that guys will, band together and do what's necessary for us to try to win. I've been wondering what kind of leadership burden is going to be on Trey Young's shoulders. I know you bring in Rajon Rondo and some vets to help with that, but he's, he's the face of this franchise. And you know that there's a different responsibility when you're the guy that's out front, when your name is, is always first. How's, how does he handle that at such a young age? Nate? Well, when you're a competitor like he is and, you love the game like he does. You know, I don't think being the leadership is going to be a major task for him. I think bringing Rondo and Gallinari and Bogdanovich, in, those veteran players will help him for first of all, because Rondo has won championships. So, you know, he's a guy that why not listen to, but Trey is a guy, you know, he's, he soaks up a lot of, a lot of knowledge. So I think he, he would do for just fine. I don't think he'll have any problems taking on that leadership role, but with that leadership role, there have to be sacrifices too, because you got to get everybody involved. Because he can always get his. No, it doesn't matter. He can always get it. He's just such a special player. But he is the face. He is the face of the franchise, and he's embraced that. Now it's time for him to take that next step to get to that next level. And I think he will do that. Yeah. You you watched this franchise struggle before. There was a, a stretch before that 2008 season where they couldn't find their way into the playoffs. Then you make that breakthrough. And you go for a decade straight and you get a 60 win season 
you know, go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Everything looks like it's, you know, going in a certain direction. And then here we are again, three years out of the playoffs in Atlanta, trying to get back. What what do you think is most important in this trajectory in terms of trying to get back this time to sustain it for a long time, to, to get another decade out of this group as a playoff team? Seku, I say all the time that it's very difficult to win if you don't have veterans, if you don't have seasoned veteran players. You just can't win with young guys alone. I don't care who you are. You can't. I mean, if you look at the Golden State Warriors, just look how long it took Curry to get to the level of stardom. You know, he started to get pieces on the team to help him out, the veteran pieces. Every team needs that. And so we have that with, with some of the young veterans, seasoned veterans that we have now to help the younger guys understand the importance of structure, of how to win. So I think this team is, is in a better position now than they were the last two, three years. So, you know, I know ownership, they want to get to the playoff. They want to win. It's all at the end of the day, it's all about winning. And it depends on you as individuals, as a team, how quickly you get there. You know, so you got to develop a winning attitude. And it's not necessarily saying you got to win a championship this year, but you got to show that you got the you have the possibility on of uh, competing on the highest level. And so that it takes one step at a time, one game at a time. And so it, it just comes down to how focused our veterans are and helping those young guys. And I think once that happens, I think you're going to see a different type of atmosphere with our young players. This league is so wild, Nick. Um, you you know you look up. And before we left the bubble, it seemed like the Clippers had bottomed out. Doc was gone. <laughs> Everything was different. Now he's in Philly. Um, what what does the East landscape look like when you when you're talking about a team like the Hawks trying to move up? Like, did the landscape shift enough for Atlanta to find a crack to get into that playoff mix? Well, first of all, I think the guys down in the bubble was just trying to hurry up and get out of that bubble. <laughs> I thought they were stir crazy down there, you know. <laughs> they were trying to get at any by any means necessary. But as far as our young Hawks team, you know, we've seen – we've had a chance to sit back and watch this whole year unfold towards the end of the year where guys went down the bubble getting ready for the playoffs. And I can just tell you, our guys don't want to go through that again. They don't want to be on the outside looking in. You know, you, these guys have worked very hard to get to this position where they have a chance to compete on the playoff level. And But, again, you don't want to look too far down the road. I've always believed you take these games one at a time. And so you 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 develop a level or a system that works for you that you can call your, your own. You know, Coach Pierce this year is really focused on defense. And, and you look at the defensive players we brought in. You know, Rondo is one of those guys who can dictate how the team is run. He, he's a great substitute for Trey Young, just to keep structure out there on the floor. But I think we have put the right pieces in place for us to get to that level. And you know what? That's why they call this competing, because you do want to compete against good players and great players. So, again, not worrying so much how the East is going to look, but worrying how the Hawks are going to look. That's our whole focus. You mentioned Lloyd Pierce, too, and, you know, the, the different dynamic it is for him coaching this team. You know, he's going through it with a lot of young guys and journeymen. And now here you are with this roster loaded up and people are expecting you to do certain things with him. How tough of a transition do you think it'll be for him to go from young guys and tutoring them to these these veteran guys where you you maybe step back and let them do a little more coaching on the floor, you know, when you have your veterans out there? 
Well, when you when you got veterans out on the floor, they do have some form of freedom out there to, hey, you need to do this. Hey, that was a tough shot. Hey, get back, play defense. That's what veterans do. You know, and a lot of veterans lead by example. Some lead vocally. And I was one of those guys who led by example. And I said, you know, if I can play this hard, if I can go 110 percent, everybody should go 110 percent. But it's just leadership. You know, who's going to be that top leader on the floor? And some teams have multiple leaders. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's great to have multiple leaders. And so that's what it's going to take. I wonder, from a city perspective, you know, you mentioned being at home. So many people are are kind of staying close to their home bases, not really out and about. I would imagine there was a ton of buzz when the Hawks made all these free agent splashes and, and did what they did in the offseason. But I wasn't out. And I wasn't at the arena or you weren't in, you know, in places where people are coming up to you and talking about it. Um, I wonder what kind of vibe do you think is they'll need? Like, will they need to get off to that quick start to keep the city energized? Or will people give them some time? Will they wait until maybe the springtime and we and things are freed up and we get back out and get into the arena and get in the building to witness it? Well, you know, it, it's really hard to kind of imagine what people are thinking, but I, I, I would suspect that they're they're feeling pretty good to where we're at. We're in a better position than we were at last year. And again, some of the pieces that, that, that we've added, I think will bring some of that excitement. Um, but it's hard to really, you know, tell or talk to people because you, you can't go anywhere. And again, that's one of the things we have to deal with and adjust to. But I, I can tell you personally, I'm kind of excited about where we're at and where we're going. And I think these guys are going to surprise some people. You're a guy who played for such a long time at, at an extremely high level, Nick, and uh, and being in the bubble and seeing LeBron 17 years in, I just started thinking, like, how rare is this to see a guy play at that elite level for so long? What does that look like to you and, and, and other guys who are in the Hall of Fame to see LeBron carrying on this deep into his career at this elite level? Well, every era has leaders and, and iconic guys to carry that torch. Now he's that guy, but not only he's carrying the torch, he's delivering on a, a high level that a lot of young guys wish they could deliver. You know, he's still doing it. It's pretty incredible what he has displayed. You know, I don't know when he's going to slow down. I don't think anybody does. He, he just keep doing it and keep just chugging along. And it seems like he hasn't lost a step, which is the amazing thing. It's, it's shocking to see him perform at this high level. Yeah. So much was made of, you know, of, of when we thought he might hit that point where, you know, where he started tailing off. I don't see it. I haven't talked to you since, uh, you know, the shutdown last March, but I was curious as I was watching the last dance and I was thinking, man, the, the one guy who would probably be watching this and cracking up watching Michael Jordan compete the way he did was somebody who competed against him at the highest level. I know you guys were, were good friends, but how, what did you think of the last dance? What did you think of all that? Uh, it, it was amazing, you know, and, but we, I lived it. We all lived it. We all played yeah. on Michael and I competed on a level that only few ever get an opportunity to compete at when you playing against another great player and a guy that, you know, that's an assassin, you got to be able to match that energy. And Mike was, man, it was hard to put in words how competitive it was almost like he was evil. He was so competitive. <laughs> I mean, his, his eyes would be bloodshot red. Before again, I swear to God, I mean, it's, it's the damnest thing I've ever seen. So I used to say to myself, okay, I know he bringing it tonight, but you know what? 
somebody on the other side going to suffer too because I'm bringing it to them too. But, <laughs> you know, our careers against one another, we average 30, over 30 points a game against each other for a career. Wow. You know, so it does that he brought out that competitive level in me and, and our whole team, but they were stacked, they were loaded, but that they had one general, and that was uh that was Moses, as I called him, <laughs> and that was Michael Jordan. <laughs> he was something crazy. Man. And so, but the last dance really illustrated a lot of people who haven't seen that era. Mm-hmm. They saw how physical it was, they saw how skilled it was, and like we weren't friends. We it's just the way it was, you know, and every era changes. It was good to get a, a a look back at it, man, get a walk down memory lane, Nick. Um, at this point, you know, you start taking a bigger picture look at the league. Um, we're focusing so much. You know, obviously I'm focused on the Hawks, wrote a piece about it on NBA.com, but I'm also working on some stuff about the under 25 stars in the league right now. This And Trey Young being one of them, obviously. John Collins, another young up-and-coming star in this league. And has the game ever been in better hands, you think, with young guys infiltrating the league and, and kind of coming in in that next generation? We're not going to be searching for them. They're already going to be here. You know what? It's, again, it's just a different time and different era. I remember when I came out of high school. And, and the league in good hand with these guys? Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. But when we came in the league, you know, I came in the league with James Worthy and Terry Cummings and Clark Keller, all the league guys. When we came out, uh, when we were in high school, we didn't think about going to pros out of high school because you just couldn't do it. I mean, and it was grown men up there in the league at that time. And, you know, we had we came out with our, really the greatest high school senior class ever across the nation, you know, in the class of 79. But not one of us went to pros out of high school. So we had to earn that. We had to earn that respect to be the kind of the new standard bearers for the NBA. And it took a while. But I think what these guys have done today is – they've been developing themselves to be in the NBA at a very early age. And so a lot of these young guys come in, they're NBA ready because they play, they play so much basketball. And now you have a lot of guys who are not prepared yeah. to play on this level. You know, it takes them three, four years down the road, you know, and then they are like 24, 25 years old, three, four, four or five years down the road. They're still young guys. But I think a lot of these young guys has done a great job at, at being those guys to uh, really represent the league. Because, you know, the young guys, you know, at the end of the day, that's what make the league is these young guys. And then you got these veterans help these young guys to grow. So I thought I think these guys have done an excellent job. Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a very interesting season. I, I don't know if I feel comfortable uh, lobbing predictions out there this time of year. You know, normally we get into that and it's like, I don't know. It's so much uncertainty, you know, so much to be determined. Well, I see all these predictions, you know, with different publications come out. And I say, you know, you really can't predict anything right now because you just don't know what the temperament going to be of players and teams around the league. You know, so it's it's hard to predict who's going to come out of the East or who's going to come out of the West. I think they got to have to work these kinks out because of COVID. They're going to have to work work all of that out. And before you can, I think. Look down and said, you know, this team is going to be the team to beat or that team is going to be the team to beat. I think it's up in the air. Anybody can win. When it's all said and done, is a success for this Hawks team this season? Is it playoffs or bust? Is it play-in group? I mean, what is the measure for them to say, yeah, this season we took that step that we had to take? Well, I'll just tell you this. Ownership wants to win. They want to get to the playoff. And whatever happened, when you get in the playoff, anything can happen. You will, and you know that. But that's the that's the the focus is to get in the playoffs, just to be a playoff team, and not just get there. You know, be competitive when you get there. That's 
That's the focus. I mean, that should be the focus uh, of any basketball team, especially when you got a young team with a young star, up and coming stars, and then you add all these veterans. That's the whole goal is to get in the playoffs and do well. No question about it. Dominique Wilkins, Atlanta Hawks legend, joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Nick, I appreciate it. Look, get back to all those projects, man. Get, get back to work over there. I'm great. Go put a heater together right now. It's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you, man. Dominique Wilkins joined us here on the Hangtime Podcast. All right, man. Y'all be good. We are getting our ducks in a row, getting ready for the start of this 2020-21 NBA season. Join us three times a week, thrice weekly here on the Hangtime Podcast.